Welcome to the Living With Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Simone Denny, and I'm here to share with you how to live your purpose, how to be more intentional in life, and how to get the results you desire while enjoying the journey along the way. I coach people around the world on how to find and express their unique blueprint in the world. Join me and my special guests for inspiring stories, practical wisdom, and life reminders for a more fulfilling and joyful life. Hello and welcome to today's show. I am really delighted to share with you an awesome guest we have today who's going to be sharing with us on the topic of personal organization and decluttering. And at this time of recording here in New Zealand, we are entering into spring. And what I have noticed is that there is a lot of interest and energy in the space of letting things go, of decluttering, spring cleaning, getting things organized. And this is a really, really great time of year to to let go of things so we can make space for new things to come in. And really, it doesn't have to be in spring that we do this. Wherever you are in the world, there is always an opportunity to step into decluttering and, and making space. So Rebecca Holmes is a professional organizer. She calls herself a decluttering coach. She finds joy in helping busy people to declutter and organize their homes. She believes in simple, family-friendly solutions and loves to share practical methods to help regular families stay on top of clutter. And in our talk today, she really does give you some practical tips that you can take home and implement in your own life. She talks about uh, where to start with decluttering when certain spaces or areas in your home feel overwhelming. I'm sure we all have that clutter drawer or that cupboard that we don't want to open or even a whole garage, (laughs) in my case, that just feels so overwhelming that we keep um, procrastinating on decluttering. She also talks about uh, how to let go of things that we get attached to that it's really hard to say goodbye to, Uh, plus so many other wonderful tips and wisdom in this space, you know, and really what is the benefit of decluttering. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please make sure you rate and review this podcast and uh, please take a screenshot and share it with others who might be interested in creating more space or decluttering and tag myself, uh, Simone Denny Coaching or Rebecca Holmes, and she's going to share her Uh, details at the end of the podcast of where to find her. So enjoy and take some notes. There's some great tips in today's show. Thank you again for being here. Hello and welcome to the show. I am delighted to have Rebecca Holmes here today with us. She is a professional organizer and an expert in decluttering. I know for me personally, I'm really, really excited to hear about how we can declutter, how we can organize things uh, in a better way than we do right now. Um, There's one line that I love in her website, which says, I love organizing the areas you hate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want you in my life. And I'm sure there is a lot of people who are like, you're you're a dream person when it comes to organizing. So welcome, Rebecca. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, So good. So I think where I'd love to start is to understand how did you come to do what you do? Like the story of 
how you have stepped into being a professional organizer. I would I would love to know because um, I'm kind of on the I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the scale. Uh, so yeah, please share share your story with us. Of course. So um, I have a long history of corporate career. So my life before organizing was in marketing and communications. Um, and I love my work and a lot of that still comes into play with marketing my own business, but there came a time when I kind of fell out of love with it. Um, and shortly thereafter had my son Otis, who's now five. And when he was about six months old, I thought I'm not cut out to stay at home. I admire people that are so much, but I'm not wired that way. Um, and thought kind of looked around at my peers and thought, I'm quite systemized with how I'm going through this early parenthood and I did I'll put my hand up and say I did have a unicorn baby that slept and just kind of was quite simple in those early years later on he turned a little bit um but I didn't seem to be having the same struggles that some of my um, mum friends were having um because we had systems and everything was well organized and getting out of the house wasn't a nightmare because I was always ready to go and I started to think oh maybe Maybe there's something in this. Um, and I've always loved organizing, but I've always been disorganized. Um, so some people find there a certain, a certain amount of irony in the fact that I'm an organizer because I'm chronically late. Um, always try and squeeze in one more thing before I get to anything. Um, but I thought, hey, there's never a better time to start a business than when your child is six months old. Um, <laughs> I know that one. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and um, actually, there wasn't any better time for me to start it. Um, originally, I thought that I would be working with businesses because um, that was where my background was. My most recent role was as a general manager. Um, so I thought that I'd go into businesses and get them organized and kind of ticking along. Um, but looking around me, it was my peer group of mums. Mm. Um, so I started off practicing on my friends in my coffee group um, and then went into the wide world and got my own clients. And that was four and a half years ago now. Wow, I love that. I love that because obviously, you know, I, I teach a lot about finding our purpose. And a lot of our finding our purpose is about operating from your zone of genius. And it's that area that you just naturally are good at, you naturally have a strength in it, and and, and you like it as well, right? And when we bring that together, that's when we can be of service to others, which is obviously what you do. Absolutely. So I guess along those lines of kind of purpose, it's like, why do you do what you do now? Um, I'll, I'll go back into my history a little bit. Mm. When I was about 19, um, I went and saw a psychic. And it was memorable for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that um, this guy said was, you, you love to help people. And you want to do work that's helping people. And that will come for you, but you're going to have to go through some things first, um, career-wise. And it's kind of stuck with me this whole year. I'm 41 now. Um, so all of those years, it stuck with me. Like, what can I do that's helping? Marketing isn't really helping people. And I think this is where I'm at now. The work that I do, I genuinely love. I love working with my clients. And I love seeing that moment where possibility is kind of unlocked um, and you can see kind of their shoulders go back a little bit and they stand up a little straighter and their faith their whole being just opens up um, and I love that moment and it's what keeps me going when it's hard like when there are quiet months and I don't have a lot of work on and then I go back into work and I have that moment I'm like ah, mm. that's why because I just I just love seeing people see there's another way of living that doesn't involve um, lots of fiddly little rules 
mm-hmm. um, that it can be quite simple. And if we get the bones right, then living can be easier. We just need to maintain. Um, so yeah, I think that is my purpose actually. Ah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, it's beautiful when what you do has a tangible result, result, right? And like you're saying, yes. you can see it, see it in a person, you can feel it. And that's so rewarding when we, you know, when we create our own business around a purpose like that, it, it makes us want to get out of bed in the morning. Absolutely. So something that you mentioned was that you were naturally not organized or naturally there was an untidy aspect of you, which, um, you know, has my ears pricked up yes. um, because what I would like to know is, can we learn to be tidy and can we learn to be organized? Uh, can we get better at that? Or is it just that we are a certain trait and that's how we are? I think it depends on how driven you are. So um, my mum, for example, thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, when I said, I'm starting up this business, mum, I'm going to be a professional organiser. And she'll remember well, and she loves to tell people about it, um, that when, as a teenager, my method of tidying was to shove things in the cupboard, stuff it under the bed, and like, voila, it's done. Um, so she kind of remembers those days. But what I think has happened in my adult years is that my husband is very, very, very neat. So out of the two of us, he's the tidy one, I'm the messy one. Um, I've come up with a lot of strategies that kind of help me not enforce my mess on the rest of the household. Um, So I have things that I call like trigger warnings. So things that I pay attention to and notice so that if things start to try and um, start to spiral out of control, I've got like early warning signals that flag in my head and go, okay, cool, time to take time to deal with that. Um, So I think that's where the learning is. It's not about learning to be a different way entirely. Um, I like to remind people like when you say you're going on an organizing journey and you're going to do some decluttering, it's a very, very steep hill to go straight to minimalism. And I don't believe that is something that people can learn. I genuinely don't believe it Um, because I think you're either wired that way or you're not. But where the learning can be is how you can work with your own personality work with the habits that you currently have um, and adapt them so that you aren't feeling stressed out by disorganization. And if people are living in disorganization and it's not stressing them out, then don't don't fix what ain't broke, my friends. Mm, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I do know there, you know, a lot of my clients, they've got this thing where it's like, I can't move forward until I am tidy and organized. Yeah. So it is actually something that really can hamstring us from stepping into what we're here to do, um, yeah. especially when you have a lot of time in the home and you have a lot of, you know, maybe family members or kids coming through and you're like, oh, I'm never going to get on top of this. So I can really see for some people, it doesn't bother them, but for some other people, it's really stopping them from actually standing in their light and stepping into purpose. That's absolutely right. Yes. Um, I think that, People that don't feel that feel the stress from disorganization and that desire to get ahead and move past this thing so I can focus on the next thing, they don't understand quite how, um, what the word you used was hamstrung, quite how hamstrung you can feel if that is a barrier that's blocking you from moving on to your next great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those people, that's that's why I love what I do because I'm like I can I can give you a turbo boost to get there. I can help you get through this mucky part that you don't know what you're doing, and um, then you can get on with doing the rest of it. Like 
there's a lot of life to be lived out there mm-hmm. and it breaks my heart to think of people stuck in their home and going but I can't do it because I've got to organize the pantry or tidy up the kids toys again there's yeah. a, there's more to life than that yeah I like that and something you said uh, you know r- reminds me of this idea that sometimes people feel a bit restricted by systems or by kind of becoming a bit more disciplined in certain areas but something that I always say is those systems actually give you more freedom yes. once you have them. And and I think in our mind, we sometimes think, oh, system feels rigid or restrictive. But, you know, what I'm hearing you say is you kind of do the, the short-term pain of creating a system and then it, it opens up something more yeah. freeing. Absolutely. Because what, um, like if we think about the most simple system that we can imagine, like when you fold your laundry and you put things away, most people know where they put their underwear put the socks most people have kind of like a rough system some people have an extreme system some people have a rough system where t-shirts shorts that kind of thing go that's a simple system and your brain can go on autopilot you don't need to go where am I going to put my knickers today you know where you're going to go and put them Um, and so that's you running on autopilot which frees up a huge amount of your brain to think about other things and be creative and be playful in your day Whereas if you're constantly kind of warring against yourself, going, what on earth should I do with this random thing? Then that's where it is depleting of our energy Mm -hmm. um, and where it takes up way too much space in our brain. So yeah, simple systems absolutely can give us more freedom once we've done the work to get them right. Mm, I love that. So it's almost like they drop into subconscious. It's kind of like getting in the car and we don't think about it. It's just what we do. All of a sudden we're there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So how does, you know, you kind of talked about this, that, you know, why should we declutter? It's part, partly about creating more freedom, creating more time for ourselves and mentally feeling better. What, what are some of the, the impacts for us, maybe mentally or just in the way we live our life from actually being organized and, and decluttering? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that for a lot of people just, Knowing that it's done can be really freeing Um, and knowing that this system is like if I talk about a pantry, for example, I'll talk about my own pantry, Um, organized it when we moved in, made a video so that I could put it up on my social media and everything showing people this is what my pantry looks like. I will literally spend about a minute every couple of weeks in there just judging and it's not because remember I'm not like incredibly organized, it's because the system is there. And I know that my husband can go in there and find what he's looking for. Um, So there's a stress relief there. I'm not hearing the where is the constantly while I'm trying to relax or do something else. My little boy who's five can go in there and find what he's looking for. So I'm not constantly hearing, mum, can you feed me? It takes a lot of the demand off us, especially as mums or people that are running households. Um, A lot of the demands of our time and of our energy are external. Um, so a well-organized and systemized home um, shifts a lot of that load, I think, um, or it can shift a lot of that load. Um, and then sure, someone has to maintain it. So this is something that's really important to remind you and now seems as, um, to remind people, now seems as good a time as any to do it. Mm. Organizing isn't a one and done kind of task. So you can do it, but then you need to maintain it. And someone has to take responsibility for that. And Usually that's us um, mums, people who run the household, mm-hmm. um, because we're the people who have kind of set it up. So it makes sense for us to 
be, be the maintainers as well. Yeah. But if we've got that system, then the maintenance piece becomes a lot simpler and a lot quicker. And it really is just a little zip, 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 zhuzh here to get it back, reset, and then carry on. So, yeah, I think the main benefit for us is shifting the mental load and sharing it, mm. distributing it around the house. I feel like like the listeners' ears are burning going, oh, Rebecca, like, just what's one hack I can do to my pantry right now? <laughs> Is there anything that, that, that you could just tell them that there's just something simple they could do to start in, a say, a pantry space? Yeah, like, two things, two yep. really simple things. Um, think about the zones. Um, so create a zone within your pantry for snacks, depending as well on who, who's in your home. Um, but if you've got kids that you're happy for them to be snacking, then create a really simple, big snack zone, bung a label on it that says snacks, help yourself. Um, labels are like tiny instructions for everyone in the house. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that says snacks, help yourself, then you better believe they're going to do that. And there's no more mom, where's the, um, or can I have a, because there's an instruction telling them, yes, you can. Um, so think about zones. So classic zones are snack zones, um, pasta and rice, just grouping things together and then giving them a set home within the pantry. Um, makes it very easy to find what you're looking for at a glance, be able to see what you're missing out, what, what you're running low on. So you can make a grocery list faster. Um, and then when it comes time to put the groceries away as well, very easy for others in the house to help you put things back because the zones are very clearly identified. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one very quick tip. And the other one is use the height. So quite often um, I see pantries where everything's just plopped on one shelf um, and there's a lot of wasted airspace um, because there's nothing in there to kind of help them. So there's lots of products that you can buy from Storage Box or from Kmart that will um, add a little bit of height um, within the pantry so that you can use the whole of your pantry space and that will make creating your zones a little bit easier as well. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I just like, you, everyone's kind of like, oh, I'm probably taking, you know, simple <laughs> things that we can do that have a knock on effect to other areas. As you're saying, it's how you shop, it's how you unload shopping, how your, how your family interacts from just some really simple changes. I love that. Yeah. So just, just talking about how, what's through the work that you've done with some of your clients, what have you noticed in terms of how they've felt after either having you declutter their home or organize it or them doing it themselves? How has their energy or feeling in themselves changed? I think energy instantly boosts even during the session um so often when often when I meet a client and work with them for the first time there's some nervousness because it's a very vulnerable thing to do to let someone into your home and literally see your dirty dirty laundry sometimes um and that first kind of half an hour where we're dancing around each other gently trying to find where the where the groove is um, can be a little bit delicate. And then after that, once they realize we're actually going to have fun doing this and we're going to see results immediately, you can see the energy start to go on the up. It's really fun. Um, and then probably after about two hours, most of most, the longest session that I'll do for new clients is three hours because by then they're done, they're exhausted mentally. There's a lot of decision-making. Um, there's a lot of question answering. Um, so they're ready to just kind of go, <sighs> Um, but I have one client who likes to sit <laughs> sit on her stool as I load up the van because I take everything away when I work with someone in person. Um, she likes to sit on her stool at the garage while I put things into the van. 
And she says, this is always my favorite part, is watching you load up and then drive away. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Taking all it. of that stuff with me. So, yeah, that's um, that's really fun. But afterwards, like, there's the second session, they're always excited and they're always, there's a sense of relief, like, oh, help is here. We're going to get through this. And at the end of this session, I'm going to be able to see some, like you said before, some tangible results we're going to have literally see before and after um and something that I really like to do with clients especially when they are feeling quite nervous and quite fearful is take a pause at about that midway mark and go okay let's just take stock and look at how far you've come so this is a really great exercise that anyone can do whether you're working with the pro or whether you're going it on your own um take stock and go wow look how well I've done this is actually amazing. Look at the pile of things that I've decided to let go. Rather than looking at the things that are still there, look at the stuff that you've decided to let go and really celebrate that. Um, celebrating those wins creates a positive association. And I think a lot of people have a negative association when it comes to decluttering or organizing because it feels like something, oh, I'm, again, I've done this before and feel like it can, feels like it can be a bit like Groundhog Day. Um, but once you kind of figure out a system that works for you and you've got some help and you are making progress, focusing on those wins will make it a pleasurable thing that you'll actually look forward to. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's something that people who are working on their own can really focus on. Yeah. Oh, I'm so big on celebrating the wins. So I love that you said that because we're always looking at what we haven't done or how much, like you say, we're always looking at the negative side of that so yeah just little steps and looking at the progress so yeah and you kind of mentioned this idea that there is some fear or um you know clutter shame I'm assuming around feeling like people are going to see how much stuff or how unorganized I am and I know your approach is on your website you talk about the non-judgmental approach do you want to just share a little bit about about yeah look everyone has something that they're sensitive about some people do not understand the clutter thing they don't understand how people could be disorganized they don't understand how someone could have a pile of stuff sitting by their front door for six months sometimes those people shouldn't be doing the job of a professional organizer um, because you need to come into this role with absolute empathy Um, and it really helps that I my house is not pristine you know like I had to move stuff out of the way on the desk so that I could have a chat with you today (laughs) I, I don't definitely a weak point. <laughs> yeah, I and and you know, speaking of weak points, my car is my Achilles heel. I am mortified when someone gets into my car because it's minging. It's I you know, it's my rolling office. Um and I have my child in it twice a day sometimes. Um and he eats in it. Can't do anything about it. If I want if I wanted to spend all of my time cleaning my car, then my car would be pristine. But my priorities are elsewhere. Um, And that's kind of the approach that I take into homes that are feeling um, cluttered or disorganized. These people have priorities elsewhere Mm -hmm. and that's absolutely fine until it's not fine anymore. So let's go in with empathy, bring the fun, bring the joy, bring the cheesy jokes to break the ice and make sure that people understand this is going to be an an enjoyable experience. And then let's roll up our sleeves and get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I genuinely do not judge. When I walk through your front door, please don't tidy up before I come in. I need to see where stuff lands because that's rather than rewriting your whole house and creating systems that work for me, 
I'm more interested in creating systems that work for you. So I need to see where your kids chuck your shoes because that's where I'm going to suggest we put a basket, for example. So at least they've got something to aim for. I need to see that your laundry piles up on your sofa so that I can come up with a way to help you overcome that to get it off the sofa and put away. Mm. Um, So those are kind of, I, I, I hope that knowing that that's kind of the goal, that's what we're working towards, helps people feel more relaxed about opening the front door when I arrive mm. and going, cool, she's excited to see where my, <laughs> where my linen is. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all probably guilty of the, the clean before the cleaner comes. Yeah. Um, I definitely am. But I, I love this idea of actually know when we're working on decluttering or systemizing, it's best just to have it as it is. So I know that you work with people in two different ways. One is to come in and declutter and the other is to, to kind of share. Do you want to just tell us yes. a little bit about the ways that you do work with people? Yes, absolutely. So I have my in-person service where I come to you. Um, I'm based in Auckland. I'll happily go anywhere in Auckland. I also travel around the country. So um, I had a new business milestone earlier this year I traveled to the South Island for the first time and I've been back um, for that same client a second time um, and driven out of Auckland numerous times um, so anyone that's in Auckland or wants me elsewhere in the world in, in the world <laughs> even um, I am re- really happy to travel um, for people that want um, my support and my ideas and my expertise but don't want to front the cost of travel Um, I also do video coaching. So just like we are sitting here today having a Zoom, um, I work like that with my clients. And it sounds really weird, but once people have done it, they're like, oh, this is actually really fun because it's about 45 minutes chatting with a mate. So there's that companionship um, and also expert eyes. So where you're standing in front of your pantry and going, what should I do? I'm, I'm literally like, put this there, put that there. How old are your kids? Okay, we need to either lower some things down, let's find a different space for that, or put things up higher um, depending on what's mm. happening in the house. So it's really hands-on, but it's just your hands that are on it, not mine. It's just my eyes and my brain that are giving you the ideas. Um, so there's those two ways, and there is also online courses. So I have a couple of online courses that you can do in your own time that are available on my website. Amazing. Well, I hope, hope you'll do some trips to Waikiki. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I know you shared a couple of tips about the pantry. Are there any other tips that would be useful for people who are just getting started on the, the decluttering or organizing journey? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So these are really practical, um, ha- like this will get you started kind of tips. Um, the first thing is to pick somewhere that you are, not nervous about um so Marie Kondo is probably the most famous um decluttering lady um she had her rise to fame a few years ago actually I think a Netflix show came out maybe just after I'd started my business which was great because there was all, all of a sudden a lot of awareness about organizing um but she preaches that you work your way up to the hardest things and I completely agree so don't start with um photographs for example because there's a lot of sentimental pull there and there's also a lot of them usually if you need to declutter or organize your photographs there's probably a lot um so that will absolutely suck all of your time set you into quite a low energy state and you won't see that immediate benefit um so I always recommend starting with somewhere really unglamorous unexciting socks um and underwear 
And the reason that I recommend starting with socks and underwear is because it's very hard to be attached to a sock that has a hole in it. It's also really eye-opening, especially for women, as to what we'll tolerate when we're putting things on the most intimate parts of our body. And seeing a pair of socks and going, oh, that's got a giant hole in the toe. I'm not going to fix it, but I'm going to keep it. And I'm going to walk around in discomfort all day because I don't deserve a new pair of socks. Somehow I'm like, let's just get some new socks and enjoy the feeling of your foot feeling good in your shoe all day. Um, And the same with underwear. Um, So with socks and with underwear and our bras and knickers and everything, it's good to look for reasons to get rid of things. Um, And this can flex that decision-making muscle and decide and help you decide to go, okay, let's turf that out. Because actually that bra once was pink and now it's gray and I deserve better than that. Um, So idea of an incremental upgrade and I really love it. And especially um, for people that are looking at ways that they can treat themselves a little bit better. Organizing your space is one way, but also the things you choose to put on your body is another thing. Um, so look for reasons to get rid of those tatty old bras, the undies with holes in them, the socks with holes in them. Um, and that's a safe area to start with because there's no emotional pull and it can be done quite quickly. Um, and you can see a really quick kind of before and after. So socks and undies is a great way to start. Um, the other thing I always recommend is to set a time limit. Um, so before I said I'll work with clients for a max of three hours for their first session if you're going it on your own I would say 45 minutes so you want to choose those bite-sized chunks and this is really important because we want you to finish that 45 minute session on a high and go whoa I finished that my socks and my undie drawers looking fantastic so we pick small projects that can be completed in a small chunk of time so that we can have that really important celebratory moment and I literally recommend putting on a timer Um, putting your phone in another room if you need to, setting the timer up really loud so that you're not being distracted Um, and then just go, okay, 45 minutes. Mm, I love love that. I love that you have a system for creating a system as well, (laughs) which is is so great. And yeah, I I love, and I know the brain loves quick wins. It feels so overwhelmed when it does feel too big. Um, So I love that little incremental part and, and it feels doable. Like, yeah, I'm like thinking I can do my, my sock and undie drawer. That feels doable. That's a great. So that's awesome for how we start. What about when we do get to some of these areas in the home that do feel quite overwhelming? Like um, I think I mentioned our garage, my husband keeps saying, we really need to sort the garage out. We really need to sort the garage out. It's just like our place that everything goes. So what would you suggest for a, a, a big overwhelming, or even if it's not big, just an overwhelming space yeah. where you realize you're procrastinating because it does feel so big? Yeah. Um, so recruit some help. So whether that's with your husband or your kids, um, and if you have a hard time motivating your kids, find their currency. Um, so find the thing that makes them tick. Some kids, it's easy. It's money. Um, they will pay me mum and I'll I'm there with bells on um, some kids it's quality time you know it's kind of like the love languages thing um, understand what makes them tick and then offer that as a reward for helping um, or get a friend in that you can trust but get help so you're not doing it on your own but again stick to that little 45 minute chunk and set a goal while you're in there so depending on what state we'll just stick with the garage because that's a good example depending on what your garage looks like some garages have boxes of stuff piled in and pushed to the side 
So you might go, okay, in this 45 minutes, I'm going to open three boxes. Um, and then you just work on those three boxes and you chip away. It's the how to eat an elephant mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, if you don't have stuff in boxes, but it is um, just randomly piled around, then mentally like matrix it and figure out, okay, that, that area over there is going to be zone B. It might help to even draw it out, just make a base plan and go, okay, zone A, zone B, C, D. Um, set your 45 minute timer and say, I'm just going to stay in zone A at the moment. Um, and the reason that works is that it stops us, like it keeps us focused. So when you get to a box in zone A, for example, and you're like, that one looks a little bit hard. I don't want to go in there. You have to stay in that zone. So you can't just kind of go, jump out of it and go, oh, I'm just going to tootle over here to zone D where I can see some rugby shoes that are a little bit easier to kind of decide about. Um, so yeah, staying focused in those bigger spaces and overwhelming spaces is um, is kind of key. So mm-hmm. find ways that you can stay focused and that's where it comes back to having the help. Um, so recruit the people that will say, hey, hang on, you're supposed to be in zone A at the moment and we see we were just going to do three boxes. We can do this. Look, we've already done one. So again, bringing in those reminding of the wins rather than reminding of the hard road still to travel. That is so helpful. That it's like I, I really, really like that. It's it's I mean, it's obviously obviously something I talk a lot about in kind of personal development terms of like leaning into the discomfort because we always want to move away from pain. So I love that that you've kind of got some accountability, someone helping you and some focused area that you know we're just working on this area, even though we want to go to something easier. But the growth comes from leaning into that discomfort. So yeah, it's awesome. So what I find with um you know even myself with other people it's it's that feeling that attachment to things that we might need one day like Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about I'm like oh I would like to get rid of a lot of stuff in my garage but then there's that what if I need it or uh yeah or there's some sentimental value how do you move through that even if you haven't used it for years yeah so there are a couple of things happening here so when we're decluttering especially if we're trying to do it in that 45 minute chunk um I like I try not to put too many rules in place so a simple little thing to remember if it's taking you longer than three seconds to decide and you'll get into the rhythm of this as people declutter you'll kind of be like there are the immediate yes keeps there are the immediate no the immediate no get rid of and then there are the maybes the things that make you go hmm not quite sure how I feel about letting that go if you're finding that you're going hmm and and wasting time I don't like the word wasting but spending time on a certain item, set it to one side and have a box of maybes that you can come back to. And I'll circle back to that if I forget, remind me. Um, have a box of maybes that you can just put it in so that you can get back to the easy decisions and those quick ones where yes, no, hmm, maybe box. Don't waste time on it. Um, the reason that I like to have the maybe box is quite often, especially when we're working in a big space, um, the, it's not the first pass that you'll let things go. It might need to be the second or the third time. Um, so I have clients, particularly with my um, recurring clients, so I have package clients who I go and help um, work through their home. And we tend to kind of focus on a room and something will come out of that room and go into another room. And then we'll meet again, my friend. Um, and then that thing might go. And there's a reason that people don't want to let it go. And it's because it's the just in case. I might need it one day. 
or it's because oh there's some special connection for some reason and we will chase that thing from room to room to room until eventually sometimes it's the third time sometimes it's the fourth time we see it they'll go oh, it just needs to go why am I keeping it so sometimes you need to go through that journey before you're ready so having a maybe box will save you the suffering I think um, of going agonizing over something and then ultimately deciding to keep it that's usually what will happen if something goes in the maybe box then you do keep it Um, for the just in case so when you think that something might be useful at some stage in the future um, this is a hangover from our parents and our parents parents Um, it is from a time of scarcity and where everything waste not want not you never know when you might need that thing um we've also got the double whammy of the environment and concerns for the environment and not wanting to turf out things that are perfectly good um and usable um so those are both really really good things to keep in our minds but the problem is when that stuff starts to overrun our house so i like to try and approach this from is the thing that you're holding on to just in case readily available could you go down to the local hardware shop or to your local supermarket and get that thing again if you needed it and the answer is usually yes so and if that's the case then let it go donate it give it to someone who needs it right now um, and then feel very safe that there is an abundance of stuff in this world it's a blessing and a curse and you will be able to find that thing again if you need it if the answer is actually no this is an irreplaceable thing it's a specific part to a specific thing that I no longer I know is no longer available for sale then absolutely keep it but put it somewhere safe and put it somewhere really obvious and put a jolly big label on it that tells you exactly what it is um and give it a home so that it's not one of those things that you chase from room to room to room um so those are probably how how I would recommend that you deal with those things yeah, so it's the letting go is more of an abundance mindset. It's, totally. It's a, it's okay to let go because something else will come back in some other form or I will be yep. able to bring that in. And I really get that. I mean, my, that reminds me of my dad's mindset where everything gets reused or goes into the garage and it's an old scarcity mindset. We don't waste anything, which, yeah, I can really can really see where that comes from. Yeah. So I know for some of us it's it's comes down to being sustainable and not wasting and I know a lot of your ethos behind your business is about sustainability yes uh, can you share a little bit about how we can let go of things knowing that maybe there is going to be another home or another use or more joy in that if we let it go absolutely um so I'm I, I love our planet mm. um and I want to do everything that I possibly can um from a personal values point of view to make sure that I'm working in a way that's ethical and um not contributing to stuff ending up in landfill. Um, so, for example, I took off a decluttering client um, two weeks ago uh, an old filter coffee machine, um, and it was covered in, it had been up in a high cupboard of an elderly woman's kitchen um, that didn't have an extract fan. Um, so all of the kitchen cooking and everything for years and years and years had been um, staying in the kitchen and this coffee filter machine had been um, up in a high cupboard so she couldn't get it down um, because she couldn't get up a ladder so she had me in sort out the kitchen get everything out and this coffee machine was brown it was once white it was brown 
And I thought, I'm not going to chuck you out. I'm going to restore you to your former glory. And I don't know why, but it became one of those things. Every now and then I get a little bit dogmatic. And this was one of those things. And my husband was going, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I plugged it in and the red light works. And this old girl's got life in her yet. And so I've cleaned it and it is absolutely pristine now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think sometimes we do choose the path of least resistance, which is let's clear the space and take it to the dump. And I, I don't hold any judgment for that because I think that that's our, you know, we need to look after ourselves first. And if that is the fastest way for us to make some monumental leaps forward, and how we feel about ourselves in our home, then that's what you've got to do. And you will be forgiven for that. And just try not to bring so much stuff into the house, into the future that you're not using. Um, But if you've got the time and the energy to restore things or give them to someone who will, um, then do it. So I've got a new offshoot of my business, which I hope it's okay to share at the moment because I'm really excited about it. I love the offshoot. (laughs) So I have a business a service in my business called Clutter Collect where I supply people with an empty box and then at the end of the month I pick up a full box so it's the most kind of low energy way to declutter and get stuff out of your home um anything that's usable workable got life in it put it in the box I bring it back to my warehouse I clean it like the coffee machine um and make sure that it's in good working order I test it so the final journey for the coffee machine will be I'll get one of the test and tag people to come in and make sure even though I can see that it works to make sure that it's safe to go into someone else's home um and then redistribute that so find someone in the community somehow and you know I'm a big believer and I could just put up a post on Facebook and say hey I've got a coffee machine does anyone want it and someone will come forward um, so that is that part of my business that I absolutely love taking the stuff off people, whether that's through my in-person decluttering clients um, or through the clutter collect box collection option, um, giving it a zhuzh, making it um, good for redistribution and then pairing it up, matchmaking. It's like stuff matchmaking. It's great. <laughs> Finding it somewhere in the community. Clutter dating. To go. Yeah, clutter dating. I love it. That's exactly it. <laughs> oh, it's so great because I, I, I can see that you're really – tapped into all of the barriers that stop us from from decluttering or getting organized because it's like yeah we do get it all in the box and then we don't take it to the place it needs to go and then it just sits there I know in our garage we've got a big pile of stuff but I love that you've created a solution for that and that people can feel good about giving you their clutter because they know it's going to go to the right place and that's it's another barrier to move through in ourselves it feels like oh it's not wasted which is yeah that's it and there's so much good stuff that is hanging around in people's homes and I see it literally every client's home that I go to they say oh I've got this box of stuff can you take it with you I'm like yes please that's the whole point get it out of your house and they'll go oh it's it's a little bit it's a little bit brown or I'm not sure about it and I'll go don't worry about it I'll take care of that and that's part of the reason that I love what I do because you've got emotional attachment to your stuff and you want to see your stuff going to the best possible place you don't want to see your stuff just getting kind of turfed out when you know that there's good life in it or when you've seen your babies grow up in certain clothes or whatever you want to see it go somewhere where it's going to matter um and that's yeah, that's. I don't have the same emotional connection to your stuff. I do have 
like the passion to make it good and wash it and make sure that it's clean and the next time that it goes to is going to be cherished but I don't have the same how can I put it the same desire to sit there and wait for the right person to come Mm -hmm. and find your stuff just a person that wants it is fine for me I think that can be a barrier sometimes for people letting things go I don't want to just take it to the op shop I don't want anyone to have it um but yeah, put it in your clutter box or put it in my van when I come to see you and then I'll do the matchmaking part and you can just know that it's going somewhere good. I love that. You've got so many um, strings to your bow <laughs> in terms of how you systemize matchmake and, and also bring joy, not bring bring judgment. All of these things, it's just really, really awesome. So what happens when we've done some decluttering, we've got some systems in place, we've got rid of some stuff, how do we make sure that we stay on top of the, the decluttering? How do we make sure that, you know, six months down the track, we haven't just replaced all that stuff or the systems of, you know, how do we keep that keep that alive? Yes. So these are some of the strategies that I've come up that work for myself and they're the things that I kind of recommend to clients as well. So keep in mind that every system that you put into your house, it's not going to be perfect the first time. Um, So there's a little bit of curiosity and perseverance that comes when systemizing and um, decluttering your home first, decluttering always first, and then systemizing and organizing and everything. Um, You have to stay in it. Um, So if you notice, for example, you've set up a system where your um, snack zone, let's just talk about the pantry, use an example we've already used, Um, that you've put your snack zone in and the kids are still saying, mom, can I have a, mom, where's the, that system is not working. It's either not working because they can't find it and it's not obvious enough, or it's not working because um, your kids are being lazy and they're not going in there. So there's somewhere along the lines, you're going to have to do a bit of a push. You're either going to have to push yourself to tweak the system, or you're going to have to push your kids to say, the snack zone, look in the snack zone, all hands on deck for the snack zone. Um, Another place that tends to get cluttered all the time is the bench or the kitchen table um so that's when I was talking before about trigger warnings of knowing um like setting up a system even if it's just a mental one to go okay I can see that the bench is starting to look a little bit cluttered so the bench is the hub of our home so school bag comes in school bag gets unloaded lunch boxes homework all of that kind of stuff um and I have a little thing Um, which I call like the landing pad, which so when I'm tidying up the bench and put stuff back in the school bag and all of that kind of stuff, if there's stuff that I don't know what to do with and it's kind of temporary, it goes on the landing pad. So it means that when I need the bench clear, I can just go zip, zip, zip onto the landing pad. And I know that if I'm looking for a piece of mail that's come in and I need to deal with it, it's going to be in there. Now, because I'm me, there's a folder that mail has to go into within the landing pad. But just literally a bowl or a basket. Sometimes it's the fruit bowl in people's homes. The landing pad is kind of the key. So when you're looking for a trigger warning or an early alarm system, you're looking at the landing pad and going, okay, I cannot find what I'm looking for within a minute there. So I need to deal with it. So rather than let it spiral into an hour job to clean up, I let it get to maybe a five minute job. So that's kind of... When you are in flow with your systems, um, you'll kind of adopt that into your weekly, it's a weekly task, five minutes, once a week, we'll sort that space out. Um, And it's really the same with 
um, toys is another area of the house where people just tend to get a little bit stressed and overwhelmed. Someone has to maintain it. So you've got to decide who's going to take responsibility for that in your home. Um, and then you just need to enforce the maintenance. So whether it's you going, okay, five minutes in the toy area, just to put things back where they go, and away you go, and it's done. Same with your socks and undies drawer, same with your bathroom cabinet. Um, once it's systemized, once the bones are there, then you just need to do the maintenance part. Yeah. Oh, so great. A, a landing pad. I really like that concept. I definitely feel like our house has got a few different landing pads, but they're, they're not as systemized as that. So, yeah, I, I like that. Kind of having that that trigger to say it's time to time to clean up the landing pad yeah i have um another client who has three children each child has a basket for example so they um can bring things down from their room so their rooms are upstairs living is downstairs stuff comes down from the bedroom um and then it tends to stay there and it lingers on the table it lingers on the rug it lingers on every given surface that's what kids are like um so she her, her system is that put your stuff into the basket and when the basket is full when you can literally no longer cram anything else into the basket then the basket has to go back upstairs and you put your stuff away and that's a simple way for her to kind of control the flow of stuff so that it's coming down being played with into the basket and eventually goes back up and her kids are old enough that they can take responsibility for that system and so it's just on her to say Hey, basket's full, get it upstairs um, before you go to bed tonight. Wow. Um, so, many, yeah. <laughs> so many wonderful tips and wisdom that you've shared with us. Uh, are, there, are there any other final uh, organizational tips or anything else <clears throat> that you want to share with people who are just starting the journey of, of decluttering or, or becoming more systematized in their homes? Um, I think one final thing to mention, which is a fun thing, especially for families, um when and, and it just twigged into my head then because I was talking about you know mum quite often I feel like I'm the nag of the house and that's not a nice feeling no one wants to be the nag um depending on how old your kids are this is a great way to kind of redistribute the nagging um it's a game called mess magnet so once you've systemized and you've got your system in place to be tested um identify and it will actually really quickly point out who the messy person is in the house um set up a rule and say right this is where the stuff goes um if you are putting something down that is not in the place that it lives then someone else gets to yell mess magnet um so it's not you as the mum that's having to do it and kids love it especially if they can catch their parents out um and very very quickly they'll stop leaving it there because no one likes to have mess magnet yelled in their face um and you can set up a point system if you're kind of like gaming type families that um there needs to be a winner and a loser but like a weekly points tally on the fridge or something um but that will get the kids yelling mess magnet it will get parents yelling mess magnet and hopefully drawing attention to the fact that actually everyone in this house is guilty of making mess and we can all take steps to not make as much mess Mm. Um, without it all having to be on us as the mum to put it away or nag someone else to put it away. Yeah, I would love any excuse to not sound like I'm nagging to pick stuff up every day. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's a great way to be playful about it and like make your point or get someone else to make the point for you without having to get all heavy-handed and say, put your stuff away, I'm sick of asking you. Like, Miss Magnet, 
Mm, yeah, I, I want to say, do. Yeah, I can see that could backfire a little bit even on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's you. Yeah, kind of like the floor is lava. Everyone just jumps into action, I can imagine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of making it fun. Um, so Rebecca you've shared some amazing tips with us today and I'm sure people are curious to find out more of your amazing uh, you know ways of becoming more systematized or organized how can people find you and and find out more about what you do so probably the best way I've got my website which is um, theshipshapeshop.com now I've chosen the worst business name in the world because I'm going to have to spell that for you it's the all one word the ship s-h-i-p shape s-h-a-p-e shop s-h-o-p-p-e the ship shape shoppy.com um you can find me at that same tag the ship shape shoppy um on instagram and um facebook as well instagram is probably where i have the most fun um i like to make reels and be silly and show my playful side um but also to make people feel comfortable that I'm making an ass of myself on the internet on a regular basis. So who am I to judge you when I come into your home? Let's just have some fun and get down to work. I actually just caught one of your reels the other day and I was like, this is so funny. Everybody needs to follow Rebecca. (laughs) I think it was you pretending to be a a husband cleaning the toilet and it was just so, so good. (laughs) Yeah, my, um, that's my Insta hubby Jimbo. Um, because my actual husband Jamie refuses to appear in my videos and it became a running joke. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add Jimbo to my videos and some people hate him. <laughs> I love it. No, I was like, yeah, I, and your website is beautiful as well. So yeah, I really encourage you to check out Rebecca's work. Uh, and yeah, there's wonderful tips on there and, and lots of different options of working with you moving forward. So thank you. Thank you, you, Rebecca, for sharing your time with us. I know that there was probably lots of notes and ideas that people are taking away. So I really appreciate that. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much um, for having me. It's been awesome chatting. And I hope that I've left some inspiration for people to go forth and declutter and have some fun with it. Yay, definitely. Thank you. Thank you.